I am Josh Mersky, and this is Dave Thompson, my co-host. Hello, hello. And uh, yeah, this is Sounds Like Autism, Season 2, Episode 2. Two twos, that's pretty cool and ironic. Okay, um, so Dave, how was your week? We, we had a conversation right before this about what we talked about in the very beginning, and Dave suggested this corny how was your week thing, so we're going to try it out. Hope you guys like it. Dave, how was your week? Good. How was your week? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, it was my brother's birthday, so we went out uh, to a steakhouse. I forgot the name of it, but, I mean, we had a really cool waiter. He was, he was pretty chill. Did you have steak? Of course. That's a, that's where you go to a steakhouse. I mean, so, I don't know, man. You went to a Cajun seafood restaurant the other day. And you got oh, chicken fingers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were good chicken fingers. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you do a condiment or do you just do straight chicken For chi- I don't get in ketchup. Ketchup. All right. An cool. ungodly amount of ketchup. That's very all-American. Yeah, I know. I'm the all-American man. All right, cool. Mm. Um, <laughs> what else is going on? Works good? Yeah, work's going good. Um, you know, same old, same old. It was pretty cool this week at Spectrum Designs. We uh, we started printing shirts for the Christopher Wallace Foundation, which is uh, Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G., which is a big deal for me. I think that's so cool as a New Yorker to oh, be yeah. printing shirts. With I love Biggie. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, My favorite hypnotized. Yeah? I didn't know you were a hip-hop head, man. I like pretty much all types of music. I mean, you put it on, I'll listen to it. So, this is our first mini-sode, right? So last yes. season, last season we only did like twelve official episodes because we 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 break because of Ted, but ten X, um, right? But uh, we only did one episode every two weeks. We didn't want to overexert ourselves or anything. But the people have spoken and they want more episodes. Um, it's going to be a longer season with double the episodes. Yep. Um, so why don't you explain what these every other episode? All right. Will be like? Well, so for the full-length episodes, like the, um, we it's gonna be where we're doing an interview on a big topic, um, and then the, the little mini sodes. Like today, it's just we gave and I talking about a topic. I'll talk about my experience. Dave will talk about his, and uh, you know, get good old Josh and Dave fun. Yeah, this is this is where the uh, yeah the, this is where the banter is gonna come in. Nothing we're that funny, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I think is really cool about you, Josh, um, is that you understand what it's like to ha- be really, uh, I guess, have some rigidities, like be a little bit particular about certain things. And so whenever we've almost canceled an episode or almost delayed an episode, Josh has been like, no, 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 because, you know, a lot of the people on the spectrum, especially, they'll be expecting it to be released on Friday or now it's Mondays. Um and and so we can't we can't disappoint them, yeah. um, which is really really cool to have that kind of representation in this room when we know it's going out to so many people on the spectrum. Um, so yeah, we're gonna shoot for uh, a big episode and then a mini episode and then a big episode, etc. Yeah, get all your Josh and Dave action every <laughs> week. Different portions too. You know, because we diversify one big, one small, but we always get Josh and Dave action. J and D, J and D. Yeah. So that that um, episode last week with uh, Mary Rolick from Atypical, we got a lot of attention for that. Yeah, that was um, very cool. And, and it was it was really uh, neat to actually start 
interacting with some of the neurodiverse cast members, right, Josh? Yeah, I've actually been um, online talking to um, some of them, including one actress who's on the show who actually is on the spectrum, which I think is really cool, and we may have her actually. Yeah, we won't name her yet. Oh, because because um, well, yeah, of course, but because it'll be later in the season. Yeah, we got to work out all the details, but we're definitely going to have some more interactions with Atypical. So shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to Atypical. Um, shout out to Netflix. Yeah, they, they've they've got gone so viral over the past week. Oh over, yeah. over season three. Everyone's really responding yeah. super well. It's cool. Yeah. And let's hope that they renew season four. Netflix executives, please renew season four for season four. Yeah, well, you see that? Josh has been Googling, you know, flight prices to L.A. for his cameo on Atypical season four. So yep. Hopefully, yep. hopefully it works out. Let's right? not disappoint me. My, you don't want to make me cry. So, you know, let's get on it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Is there any other shows that you'd ever want to be on? Doesn't have I mean, to, it doesn't have to be about autism. I'd like to be on The Mandalorian. I mean, that'd be awesome. Is that a show? Yeah, on Disney Plus. I, I used to be obsessed with Boba Fett when I was in like high school and middle school. So I would love to do that. I mean, get one of those Mandalorian helmet buckets on my head and just walk around jumping on stuff. Just, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I have never seen an episode of Star Wars. That's um, horrible. That's but I, horrible. But I do know that there was a big event in the autism community, in, in, in the world uh, this week, and in the autism community especially, when they dropped uh, Disney Plus. And a lot of jo- Josh and a lot of his friends have been uh, spending a lot of very late nights um, watching Frozen and Cinderella. Not Frozen. No, and, my God. Um, no, no. I hate Disney Frozen. Princess no. movies. Yeah, that's, no, what, I that's hate what Frozen. they were waiting for. Right, no, but like for Disney Plus, okay. <laughs> I was up like, all right. I was up all night, 2.15. I downloaded that thing like 8 in the morning. I, it was crazy. Yo, Mandalorian and all that's crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> crazy. No, Disney should be sponsoring us for what I'm gonna for how good I'm talking about Mandalorian. Bob Iger, if you're listening, please, you know, share some of that Disney magic over here with SLA. <laughs> please. Yeah, please, Bob. A very, a very willing future employee of Disney. Yeah, right? please, Bob, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Josh has been sliding into the DMs of a lot of Disney people. So yeah, trying to make something know, happen. If, if you know anybody from Disney, please help a <laughs> brother out. Right? Yeah, please. Awesome. Uh, so... Uh, another little bit of an exciting event um, is about to happen right now. A little bit of a surprise, but we do have a our first sponsor for season two. We're looking for Woo-hoo! more. We have our, our our awesome friend Juliana Featherman and Michael Featherman from Making Authentic Friendships have decided to sponsor season two. Yeah, uh, and we think that that is so awesome, right, Josh? Unbelievably awesome. Yeah. It's so cool for them I mean, to support us and for us to support them right back. Yeah, it, it's really great. I mean, it just it, like cements like our friend our friendship, but now it's also a business partnership and friendship. It's really cool. It's really something special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing incredible things over there. It's still kind of in its infancy, um, but it's it's cool to feel like you're part of a little bit of a movement, you know, mm-hmm. and to see it happen from just an idea that a, a you know college student had all the way to you know. What it's becoming. Fruition. Sounds Like Autism is proudly sponsored by Making Authentic Friendships LLC. Making Authentic Friendships is an interactive web app that enables children ages 13 and up and adults with special needs to make friends, 
based on age, diagnosis, interests, and geographic location. Making Authentic Friendships, MAF, are my brother's initials. My brother Michael is 21 and has autism and ADHD. He inspired this initiative. You can sign up for the app at makingauthenticfriendships.com and follow us on social media at Making Authentic Friendships. Thank you. All right, man. So what do you want to talk about today? Well, I want to talk about something which I promised actually my personal, on my personal Instagram page, um, something I would cover, um, comfort items. You see, comfort items, especially with folks that I find on the spectrum, like we like to we feel comforted with certain things around us. Um, and for me, I know mine is this plush Mickey. And it, it's a comfort item, is an item which makes you feel safe and secure. It's a familiar item in an unfamiliar or um, area. So like, for example, when I was getting my TEDx, I uh, obviously like that, that was kind of like a really nerve wracking thing. I mean, it's like 600 plus people in the audience and then online. So um, a lot of nerves. So I brought a bag, I brought the little Mickey in the bag and I left it in the green room, which is like the waiting room for us. And I did it. And having that there really helped because it's kind of like um, a physical, like a physical representation of emotional comfort, if that makes any sense. Wow, that's very deep. And um, yeah, and I remember when I was younger, the comfort item was my mom gave me something called a courage lizard because I was afraid to go on the school bus to go to school or camp. So she bought this little toy lizard. And she said, here, put this in your pocket. You'll make you um, happy, brave, and stuff. And it actually worked, like, making me feel comfort. And ever since then, like, you know, I had different ones. But, yeah, I know I've seen online certain people use certain types of stim toys. I've noticed as comfort items. And uh, If I may, yeah, I, I use... Um like all different kinds of stress balls and fidget toys, not fidget spinner. I don't really, I think those are neat, but they're not, they don't really do anything for me, uh -huh. but, um, you know, fidget cubes and, um, and stress balls just to keep my hands busy when I'm in a situation. Um, but that brings up a question that I have for you. Um, like what, what to you can qualify as a comfort item? And I have, and I'm going somewhere with this. So yeah. go ahead. What well, anything which brings comfort, be it sensory, emotional, whatever, it's just something which when you have it, you just, you feel a sense of security, emotional stability, safety when you have it, something like that. Okay. So my, my next question is, my next question is what about my phone? I mean, yeah, yeah, um, definitely. You could um, have your phone. I mean, even I guess sometimes, sometimes like that. For me, I mean, it, because again, the phone is something you're, you're always on it, so you're really familiar with it, and sometimes it just it just feels. I don't, I don't know how to say this in a way. Um, it feels right, where you have it, and you just you feel like it belongs in your hand or in your pocket, and you just if you didn't have it with you, you wouldn't feel like. You feel like you're missing something. So here's... Okay. I'm not saying text or work, though, or anything. So, so, <laughs> so here... Well, accommodations are... You know, reasonable accommodations are okay. We all we all get them. I get them from my supervisor. Um, but here's my next problem from a behavior standpoint, from uh -huh. a human behavior standpoint. Now, 
when I first had my child and she was getting a little older and we decided to kind of give her a blankie or give her um, a stuffed animal, which would be, you know, considered a comfort item by Josh's definition. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I have se- I have sentimental items from when I was a kid and I was telling my friend who's a behaviorist, um, oh, I really want the baby to like take something and, and love it and like want to carry it around all the time. It'll be so cute and she'll have it forever. And she brought up an interesting point. What about when my phone dies? What about when you lose your binky or your blanket on a plane and you never see it again? So is it, I think it's good to be, flexible or versatile in what you consider a comfort item. Like you yeah. said that you had the courage lizard, but then you brought Mickey to TEDx. You don't, mm-hmm. you probably lost the courage lizard or something. Right. And that's, that's good. Lost many of them. Okay, cool. So what do you think about that? Well, yeah. And also you have to adapt and you also have to like adapt like how you use it. Because for example, like a, like a 35 year old man, like carrying around, like I'm a, a plush, like Winnie the Pooh or something. Like, I mean, like you're going to get looks. So, like, basically what I do is when I, you mind, I put it in a bag, like a duffel bag, and I'll leave that in my car or something. But the thing is, is, like, you still have it, but you're doing it in a more socially acceptable way, which I think is important because you can still be you, but also you, you don't want those looks. So I think that's important that you're able to be flexible and how yeah. you're using the item, but I also think that we're 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 – we're an example of how society is moving towards being more inclusive and understanding of people's yeah. differences. And hopefully if you do have a Winnie the Pooh and you're 35 in the supermarket, you know, I would see it. I would be interested, but I wouldn't be judgmental, you know? Um, and I, I think that that's really important that we're working towards that. Oh yeah. Um, society is moving towards that direction. You know, I actually bring a stress ball into meetings with strangers and I, I just literally put it on the table. I just say, Brought my stress ball with me. If it's a stressful meeting, I make a kind of a joke about it. People have their giggle, but I'm like, no, really. And I ask them if they want to squeeze it, and they say, oh, that's really cool. And I tell them they should get one. Um, and and I'm, you know, we're trying to work, move away from the stigma around doing what you need to do to be comfortable. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, we have um, we have a friend on Instagram, who we featured a, a couple times. You want to talk a little bit about the Thor costume? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I could go all day with this because it's really cool, but basically one this um, there's this girl, and she's into like comics, right? And she goes to Comic-Cons, but obviously that could be very overwhelming and, or stimulating, so she came up with the idea of she put these noise-canceling headphones and built a Thor helmet around it. So basically, when she wears the Thor helmet, it's cosplay, but it's also she's wearing the um, headphones, and I just I find that really cool and innovative. I mean, it's- well, and she's 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 saying that she's using her comfort items as an empowering tool. It's kind of yeah. like, it's kind of very um, metaphorical in a sense that she also has um, body armor that really underneath it is a weighted vest. Um, so she's, she's building this full costume of 
of the things that she needs. And it's a pretty good okay. costume also. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. Um, and, and I just think it, it speaks to that point that we're all moving towards not talking about these little quirks or accommodations that we need as weaknesses or as favors or as you know mm-hmm. something that people should be warned just about just differences but, la- but rather differences that can be celebrated and yeah really, yeah and then um put towards something which is quite frankly just really cool i mean that door costume honestly is really cool yeah she could make a business making uh themed costumes out of comfort items it's a pretty cool concept yeah actually it is mm-hmm. what else what other comfort items do you know of that you have friends that people you know that they use I don't know because not a lot of people are really as open about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just seen those ones which I've mentioned online, but it's just it really it doesn't take much. Like you, you look at if you see someone constantly like holding something. I mean that that's basically what it is. It's a comfort item, and um, yeah. But really, not a lot of people have really come out to me and say, "Oh, hey, this is what this is." Um, because for some reason, I mean, I know even for me, this was once actually until very recently a private thing where I kind of like challenged myself, like, you know, I don't want to make, keep this a private thing. So I made that post on my Instagram and now I'm doing this um, because this is kind of the most like the best way I could make it not a private thing and like kind of beat the like nervousness around it. It's just do this. So here we go. I'm making a podcast episode about it. So, um, yeah, I hope that this encourages other people to, like, either not be ashamed or embarrassed about having a comfort item or something. For sure. Yeah, so, um, I mean, hey, look, I'm making a podcast about it. I mean, thousands of people are going to, like, listen to this. So, I mean, if I can do it, don't don't be ashamed. I'm plain and simple. Yeah, and I think if, if you and I have gotten to the, the place in our lives, not to say, not to toot our own horns too much, but to to. If you and I have gotten to the place that we are in our lives with, you know, through partially through leaning on things like comfort items. Yeah. Um, and now are comfortable enough that we can kind of come out and speak our truth about what we do to kind of be okay day to day. Um, that's, that's a positive and that's where things are going. Right. Yeah. So I really like you know a lot of times when people talk about the future, they are true. They go, they're all worried. Oh, I really you know for in this field, field of autism and advocacy stuff, the future's really looking good. It really is. I mean, you hear about autism more and more in the mainstream um, media nowadays. Atypicals like the the talk show, all this stuff. It, I mean, it's looking really good for folks like us. It really is. So. Yeah, and and it's not easy, and I've said this probably three or four times before in previous episodes, what's right isn't usually easy, but the more we can kind of come out and speak our truth, even when it's hard, you're paving a path for others to to be able to be in the position to do the same. And And you're helping to make history. And that's important, right? This is a movement, a social movement, and Mm -hmm. it's it's critical that as many people that feel comfortable and are able be involved, right? Um, that's not to say that you're bad if you're not involved, not everyone's able, not everyone's comfortable, but to put yourself out there, like that episode with Juliana Featherman um, 
second mention that we had where she talked about some mental health issues that she had gone through um, and we commended her, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, look, it, it takes guts to like say those things. So, I mean, if you're able to do that, like just you're a strong individual and like no one can ever say you're not because you did what a lot of people can't do, which is say certain things for a lot of people here. So that's very commendable and admirable. Yeah, for sure. Um, and by the way, uh, Josh and I got our own brand new, very generously donated um, comfort items recently when uh, the original weighted blanket. Uh, God, magic, I love those guys. Ma- magic, yeah. <laughs> magic weighted blankets. Shout out to them. Yeah, you, uh, yeah if you're listening, only, you're awesome. Yeah, you're they awesome. not only donated one for a giveaway, but they also um, they also sent us each one and sent Josh um, a, a jellyfish um, named Gucci. Yeah, yeah. Um, Want to tell that story? Yeah. So, all right. So, Dave and I were actually recording um, the when we were guests on another podcast, and uh, we got um we were kind of messaging back and forth with this um, with the daughter of the founder of the original weighted blanket, and she said that she's going to listen to our podcast. And she's like, oh, he likes jellyfish? And um, I had no idea where that, that that statement would lead to me, like her um, mailing me her old um, Beanie Baby jellyfish. It's uh, one of the most special things. It's, well, and what's so cool about and, that is the story of how the, the weighted blanket was invented yeah. through Beanie, Beanie Babies. Because, yes. Um, some, some kids piled Beanie Babies on top of their father. And he said, this feels pretty good. And so a weighted blanket, when you think about it, is essentially a, a Beanie Baby quilt, um, yeah. which, you know, it works for me. Yeah, And, um, and also, just like straight up, um, their weighted blanket compared to a knockoff, there's no comparison. This is way better. <laughs> straight up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. Shout out to them for sure. Yeah. Seriously, you guys rock. Um, yeah. So... Awesome. I think that this is a good mini-sode, right. man. So I guess this concludes our first mini-sode. Um, Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook. And give us a five-star rating on Apple. I see. Yeah, and tell your friends. Visit soundslikeautism.com. And, uh, yeah, we got a couple big episodes coming up. And yes. we cannot wait to share what's in store for the season. So stick with us, okay? All right. Well, have a good one, folks. Bye.